All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Twim Sisters edition with Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. We're back. It's been a while. Well, it's been longer for you than it has for me. <laughs> yes. I had a vacation. I took a little PTO. Yes. Just kidding. We're not paid. It's just... <laughs> you should be. I was um, on vacation. So you, last time you hosted with your friend Julie. I, I No, no, but my friend Holly. Oh, Holly. Why did I say Julie? Because you have a million friends named Julie. Oh, yes. I collect Julie's. <laughs> Some people collect stamps and dolls. I That's collect right. Julie's. I have about five of them. You hosted with Holly in June. And I, I did. loved her. Oh, I thought she did such a great job. It was, and she it was, was so really good. good with you. And she has a really good, like, radio voice. She, yeah, it, we, we had a great time. It was hilarious. Um, it was fun. And I would definitely do that with her again. But I'm not going to lie. You're still my fave. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and then we did a podcast in July because Jeff had the schedule full of interviews. And he other did. Fun things. He had lots of interviews and guests. Um, so which you, were great. If you didn't get, those go back and listen. Yes. Um, and now here we are back again. Here we are. It is the month of August. We are plowing through summer. That's right. Sticky so, floor season. Sticky is floor coming season coming to an end. Hopefully. And I, right. I'm ready. I'm always ready by August. But I, the very true. And and we have a late start for school. School doesn't mm-hmm. start till August 26th. And I think both of us are looking at the calendars and our children going. Ugh, who's going to be de- who? Who will who will make it to the end? Dem or me? To know it's a game of Survivor. <laughs> All right, now, okay, you were on vacation, so you have to do yes. tell vacation stories. Yes, because you have, I dare say, a very good vacation story. <laughs> Well, we have we've just had a great summer. We've traveled all over. We've been to Portland and the coast and we where else do we, oh, we went to McCall up in the mountains and then but our one of our big trips was a family reunion in okay. Bear Lake. This is on my husband's side of the family okay. and we do it every 2 years and we always pick a new location. This was our first time in Bear Lake. Now, let's explain to the people. Let's give them some geography. Yeah. Bear Lake is a lake that is located in the southeastern corner of the state of Idaho. Half of the lake is in Utah. Half of the lake is yes. in Idaho. It's half seas. They it's share half seas. They share. So, and I had never been there before. Actually, none of us had really been there before. It was really pretty. So, we stayed in the U- on the Utah side. There's okay. a town called Garden, Garden Valley? Garden, you know. Garden something. Garden U- something. Utah Garden City. <laughs> anyway, uh, we stayed there in um, in a big, giant family reunion house, which you can only find in Utah. <laughs> oh, yes. And you showed me pictures of this yes. house, and I was blown away. See, this is the problem, is our family is getting bigger with all these grandkids. It's getting okay. harder and harder to find a house that fits us all. That accommodates the numbers. So we had this year we had to turn to Utah. Okay. Well, that's a U- safe place. Utah provides. Utah can provide a big house. <laughs> so, but the funny thing about this little town was we were over there. We were there over the 4th of July and which was a Sunday. Um, so we were there on a Sunday and we, so we knew church, right? Yes. So my father-in-law researched the church options and availability. Okay. and Because we want to hit church. Yes. I have never seen anything like this before when visiting a place. But then I had to think about it. I've never been to a resort town that is exclusively a resort town, you know. 
in Utah. Yeah. Is like 99% LDS. LDS. Right. Usually you go to a resort yeah. town, you go to the ward and they have some extra yeah. people. Like if you showed up at a ward in Park City. Right. That it, it wouldn't be about big of a deal. Or you go to the Oregon coast. Yeah. If you show up at the ward, they are used to having extra they, visitors They can accommodate, the summer, you know, 20, 30 extra yeah, people. It's nothing excessive. So same with like our mountain towns here in Idaho. Yes. You go to the ward, it's a little bit bigger. No. <laughs> That is not the case in Bear Lake, apparently. No. Because we must we must preface this with the Mormons like to vacation in Bear Lake. Yes. Or maybe more more politically correct, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints like to vacation yes. at Bear Lake. Well, and they have these huge houses, so. Yes. Families are coming from all over to gather. Okay. So they have their normal church building, and they have a tinier church building behind the normal church building, okay. which is only for the summer visitors. Really? <laughs> so the so you were not allowed to mix no. with the locals? No. My father-in-law did his research, and he said, okay, you go to the tiny building in back of the normal. Because when we drove into town, we saw a church. And we saw another church, and we were very confused. We were like, why are there two churches right next yeah. to each other? Like, And obviously both very, very yes. LDS churches. Yes. So the smaller visitor building has no classrooms. It is just one room building. Now, how would you compare it to what a cultural hall is in a stake center? Is it the same size as a cultural hall in the stake center, or bigger or smaller? Um, No, it's about the size of a gym in a smaller building. Not okay. A, not a steak center gym. Not a steak center gym. It's about the size of your standard gym. Okay. In a normal building. Okay. Half court? I don't know. Well, no. They it's have more they than have, half court. It's more than half court. Yeah. But it's just not yeah. as big as a steak center. Yes. Okay. And so then they have like a very simple stage up front and a little podium. Okay. And that's it. And folding and chairs? Folding chairs. Okay. Yes. And so... They had three times. They had a 9 o'clock, a 10.30, and a noon. And this is sacrament only? Yes, sacrament okay. only, which I can firmly get behind because I do not believe in attending second hour when you're in a resort town. I completely agree. On I, I vacation, can support that. Because okay. I think it's very rude to the primary okay. president. So you have three <laughs> sessions to choose from. Yes. So some people went to the 9 o'clock. Um, we opted for the glorious 10.30 time. Okay. We showed up about 10.25 okay, to so our 10.30 time. That is that is fashionably early for, not, not for, bad, for LDS right? time. Uh, no. <laughs> this is not. That was not fashionably was early. was packed. Are you kidding? Not a seat to be found. Oh, so my gosh. We walked in and there are people just kind of buzzing around looking for seats and nobody can find a seat. So there are people standing kind of in the back. Uh -huh. So we just thought... Okay, we'll just stand in the back, take the sacrament, and skedaddle. And then go. Um, so, but then some guy started coming around saying it's against fire code. You can't stand. So we said, okay, we'll go. Goodbye. So we left, and people started leaving that yeah. they didn't have seats for. And there were still massive amounts of people coming in, Pouring in. that were parking their cars on the side now, of the street. Now, did you say something to these folks? Like, they're full up. They're, yeah. There's no more room we were at like, the it's end. full. You have to come back at noon. It's full. We tried to spread the word. But they, let me guess, they were like, full for you, not full for me. <laughs> Some of them. Anyway, we didn't make it back to noon. By that time, it was just like, well, well we got we stuff. tried. We got stuff to do. We got cousins to play with. We tried. Um, but I just thought that was super interesting that they have a chapel 
one room chapel solely dedicated to visitors. I wonder if you can find that anywhere else. I would I mean, you wouldn't even find no. that in St. George. I don't think you because would. Saint because St. George is a big town. It's a bigger town and they would have buildings. multiple buildings and you could spread the wealth, right. so and to speak. And Park City doesn't have that, do they? Or no. maybe Park City does. They do have a lot of big reunion houses in They Park do City. have a lot of big reunion houses, but I, I, I just, I can't imagine that the demand in Park City would be anywhere near what the demand right. is in Bear Lake. But that is interesting it was and interesting and we had building. all kinds of questions we were like well who who runs this ward who's the bishop who speaks every sunday we yeah. were there on a fast and testimony yeah. sunday um but maybe they just make every week fast and <laughs> testimony week because didn't you say the sacrament they just invited young men yes. who were priesthood holders that's what we to heard come up and do the sacrament that is what we heard from our more righteous relatives who went to early church <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yes who got to stay yeah they said they just pulled young men out of the audience that's Okay. Well, then I'm so, guessing every Sunday is a fast and testimony. Sunday would be my guess. That's possible. and But that also seems highly risky. That could be highly risky. You're going to have fast and testimony Sunday, every Sunday in Utah with all these strangers okay. from who knows where. Well, you went to fast and testimony meeting in Southern Idaho, Northern Utah. Well, at least you didn't, but your on relatives. A 4th of July, on a 4th of July Sunday. Sunday. I know. That is risky. I know. I was a little bit looking forward to the kinds of things we were going to hear, but I did not get to I hear know. Them. You even sent me a bingo card <laughs> for Fasted Testimony Sunday on 4th of July. Yeah. It was hilarious. was not meant to be. Okay. But I'm sure there were all kinds of. But I bet it's a special calling like Visitor Ward Coordinator. Yeah. We're calling Brother Smith to be the Visitor Ward Coordinator. Yeah, it must be. Anyway, well, that's kind of wild. Yeah, very interesting. So, well, we've just kind of been plugging along this summer. Although my husband and I are making some decisions about our future, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh, unlike you folks, we are we are a few years away from being empty nesters. Like it is on our horizon. Like we can see it. Ooh. So don't be all jelly on me. <laughs> anyway, so my husband and I have been trying to decide because we want to start like doing like some vacations. Just just he and I. But here's the problem we have. His ideal vacation is let's go backpack in the sawtooth and sleep in a tent. That is in no way, shape, or form my ideal vacation because I'm like, where's the toilet that flushes? <laughs> my ideal vacation is let's get on an airplane and stay in a nice hotel. That is just like, he's like, too many people. Doesn't like <laughs> other to people's fly, germs. Right? He doesn't like to fly. He doesn't want to deal with other people's germs, etc. Oh. So, you know, how do these two worlds combine? I will tell you how these two worlds combined. We compromised and settled on a recreational vehicle. I cannot believe that you have an RV. When you told me you were thinking about this, I was like, what? This is never something I envisioned you having. Well, again, it is the compromise because we can take it into the mountains or anywhere we want to go. It has a toilet in it that flushes and I can sleep in a nice bed. He doesn't have to stay in a hotel or fly on an airplane. I can. Yeah, so yeah. this is this. So so we're gonna we're we're planning on doing a few short trips until uh-huh. next summer. Next summer we want to do a big trip. One of the things that really in, kind of inspired him and inspired me was we had some really good friends that drove back in their RV and visited all the church history sites. Mm-hmm. And so that is on our agenda. Is we want to hop in the RV and go visit all the church history sites. Oh, that would be fun. Among other things. Uh-huh. 
So, so yes, that's how that's how I'm looking forward to my golden years oh, in the RV. Oh my goodness, you're going to be one of those couples that just travels the country. Well, and here's what's funny: is it's small. It is not a big RV because mm-hmm. I did not want a big RV. I wanted something we could maneuver in and out. So it is big enough for my husband and I, but it is not big enough for the children. So the children are not invited in the RV, but the dog is. Although I did say to my husband, if any of our children were to actually produce a grandchild for us, I would be more than accommodating to bring the grandchild. Grandchild, children are welcome. Biological children, no, not so much. I'm done with you. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) It really is. So... Anyway, well, I guess we ought to do some okay. news. Yes, we'll do some news. Okay, first up, we have a breaking story hot we, off the press. We do, which is good because most all of our news tonight, like I told you, I was like, right. we're going to feel all the feels tonight because all we have are like human interest stories. We have because some, like really sweet, sweet we do. stories. As There's f- not a lot of hard hitting news this as week. As far as hard hitting news, it was a very slow week. It was slow. So I was going to call this the Feel the Feels show. I yes. don't know how Jeff feels about that. But I said to you, I was like, yeah, this show's going to be Feel the Feels because we don't have any heartbreaking news. We don't. But we did get some heartbreaking news that all, broke tonight. We got all last minute one we got a last minute a little dark tiny, horse entry just a little tiny one okay <laughs> okay BYU BYU just announced today that or tonight that they will be requiring students to report their vaccination status ahead of the fall semester that doesn't mean they're necessarily requiring them to be vaccinated Yet. They just want to know who is and who's not. They want to report. And when I first saw the headline, I was like, why just a report? Why aren't you just requiring it? So it kind of makes sense. They're dabbling. I think my impression is maybe they're trying to get a feel for whether they need to require it. Because a lot of universities across the country are starting to crack down and say, okay, we're going to have to require this. Well, and they also talk about their COVID-19 protocols. And so they might be getting a feel for that to decide, are we going to require students to mask up? Yeah. Are we going to make them quarantine? Social distancing? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or do we need to do online classes? Can we do in-person classes? So they are just putting their feelers out, I guess. So they have a deadline and you must enter your status by this deadline or you will be denied access to your student account. <laughs> yeah, which means you're not going to school. <laughs> so this will be very interesting. And I'm assuming this will also apply to BYU-Idaho and BYU-Hawaii. I would I, assume, right? I would assume. It doesn't say. It just it says doesn't BYU. Say, but, but I think if you're falling under the BYU umbrella, it would you apply should probably plan on this. Well, so. it will be very interesting to see what they do with that data, for one thing. Right. And also, I didn't look to see if it... if you know, what the Facebook comments were. Oh. I should pull up and oh. see if I can find it on Facebook. I don't know if you want to go there. Because Have I'm, you not learned your lesson yet? I know. I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Let's see if we can find it on Facebook and so, see if we've got people accusing the, the uh-huh. BYU of all sorts of nefarious activity in asking for vaccine status. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. I would be really interested to see if they report the numbers they get. I doubt they will. Ooh, right. 180 comments. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, this is consistent with the prophet's statement that the vaccine is safe and a miraculous answer to the prayers we were asked to give. Mm-hmm. And those who got the shot are acting as good global citizens. Not a surprise at all. So that's a nice one. Yeah. Uh, somebody says, completely disagree with this. Okay. 
total communism that we've been warned about. Oh, she's not even a BYU student. <laughs> she doesn't go here. Do you remember that from Mean Girls? <laughs> she doesn't even go here. That's right. <laughs> of course it's communism. And communism starts at BYU. Where else would communism start at? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, I just want to know if they're going to share this data with us. I have a feeling they probably won't. I... Um, but uh, I'd be very curious. Oh, here's a good one. So disappointed in my church, how it's following the mark of the beast system. Oh, my goodness. All right. On that note, we will no oh. longer read any more comments because, well, Now we have really fun, light, fluffy yes, stories. Now we share. can go to feeling all the feels. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going to start with Olympics. We are so going to start with Tiffany Olympics. Tiffany has an Olympic report for us because I she has do. been studying up. I do have an Olympic report. I think I may have previewed this when we talked about, in at least in yeah, one couple, of our prior A couple episodes. months ago, we did kind of a preview where we talked about people who were going to the Olympics that were LDS. Yes. But now we have a more extensive we list. We do have a more extensive list. Back then, list. we only knew a handful. Exactly. But Deseret News. No. Yeah. Church, church News. I have to give church kudos to Church News because Church News has been so on top of the Olympic stories mm-hmm. and the memory. Members of the church that are competing in the Olympics, they've had almost daily press releases and updates and things like that. So right. I'm giving kudos to church news I know, there. It's kind of fun. And so they came out with this really extensive they list. They did. They of did. So everyone that they know of so far. They released there's more than I thought. Yes, they released this on July 21st. So uh-huh. two days before the Olympics started. And there are a whole bunch. And not just members of the church in the United States, but members of the mm-hmm. church from all over the world because we are a global church so there was a brazilian in soccer um there was um and and a lot of these events have come and gone Mm -hmm. and um a lot of people have have gone and competed and done their best i think what i'm going to focus on because there are so many members Mm -hmm. are the ones that are still in competition and the ones that have actually are coming home with some hardware okay or have a really interesting story okay so there is a pistol shooting uh, I saw that member one. of the church. That's one of those events where I'm like, oh, wait, that's an Olympic sport? I, I know. always forget about that My one. My 17-year-old son mm-hmm. was so bummed. He's like, why do we have to watch gymnastics? I want to see the shooting events. And I'm like, gymnastics pays the bills, honey. I know. They shooting, don't, not so much. They don't show the shooting in the prime time. So anyway, her name is Alexis Lagan, and she's 28, and she actually lives in Nevada. Mm-hmm. But here is what's really interesting, how she got into pistol shooting. So when she left for college... She got accepted to both BYU and the University of Utah. All of her friends were going to BYU. She was going to go to BYU. They were a big BYU family. And all of a sudden, she's like, "Mm, no, I'm going to go to the U and changed her mind. Wow. So she goes to the U. She doesn't have any friends at the U. So she joins the Marksmanship Club to make some friends. And as they say... The rest is history. That is so random. Isn't that so random? But I love to hear that because a lot of these like kind of obscure sports. Yeah. I'll turn to my husband and be like, how do you even get started in this? Like, exactly. do your parents put you in this when you're five? Well, no. <laughs> Apparently no. not. You can wait till you're in college. You can wait till you're in college. Exactly. <laughs> so I think she finished somewhere. She she wasn't at the bottom. I want to say she was somewhere between 10th and 8th, somewhere okay. in there. She uh-huh. did pretty decent. 
Um, and then we've got swimming. There are several swimming uh, individuals from outside the United States, but there's one we want to talk about that received a medal. You may have recalled we talked about Ryan White when she made the USA swim team mm-hmm. um, at the swimming trials. We opined that she might be a member of the church because she was from Harriman, Utah. Oh, right. And, and her name was spelled funny. Her name, Ryan, was not the traditional Ryan <laughs> spelling, hence giving a clue that she could possibly be a member of the church <laughs> because we like to change spellings to obscure spellings on names. Well, sure enough, she is a member of the church. She specializes in the backstroke. She completed in the 100 meter, competed in the 100 meter and the 200 meter. She finished fourth in both of those, oh, just barely out of medal contention. But alas, she also competed in the 4x100 medley relay, and the American team finished in third place. So, Sister White is coming home with a bronze nice. medal to show for her work. Love it. Love it. Okay, and then we're going to move on to, we've, got, of course, got a former BYU player who played volleyball um, and played on the American team. The American team didn't even make it to the quarterfinals. They lost out in pool play. Um, but then we have beach volleyball. Now, I want to talk about beach volleyball for a minute because we have a repeating Olympian who is also a member of the church. Okay. His name is Jake Gibb, and he is 45 years oh, old. Oh, that's right. Now, here's the really interesting thing. His middle name, I kid you not, Spiker. Really? I know. And you think, oh, he totally made that up and added it to his name. No, it's his mother's maiden name. It's like totally a legit family name. Whoa. So he is Jake Spiker Gibb. <laughs> Now, he is another one that never played volleyball in high school, never played volleyball in um, in uh, uh, college, took it up after college really? and discovered he, I think he did basketball and golf. Oh I mean, goodness. like some really random sports yeah. um, and discovered that he was super skillful at it. He has been to numerous um Olympics. But what's interesting that happened this year is his partner was a gentleman by the name of Taylor Crab. Taylor Crab tested positive for COVID once they got to Tokyo. So his partner was gone. Oh. So he either had to bring in a new partner or he had to drop out. So they bring in this, this gentleman by the name of Triborn. These two have never played These together people before. Have, like really fascinating. They have names, fascinating names. <laughs> Okay. So he he and Bourne had never played together before. Okay. So they literally had, I don't know, something ridiculous, like 24 hours to like get in ju- in sync with each other before they had to play their first match oh my goodness. together. They actually did really well. In fact, I think it was just today that they lost to Germany. Mm-hmm. I think it was in a quarterfinal match. And so he's out and he did announce today, I'm done. I'm retiring from professional volleyball. I'm going to go coach my kids soccer team. Wow. Wow. So- well, at 45, he's got to be one of the oldest athletes Oh, he there. is one of the oldest athletes there. And to be able to still compete on yeah. the level he's competing on is pretty impressive. So we have Leilani Mitchell. She is from Australia. She plays basketball. Their team is still in the hunt for a medal. She is a member. Um, we have a girl rugby player, uh, Jordan Matthias. Uh, they ended up, this was uh, USA Rugby, ended up in sixth place. Um, but then we want to talk about the shot put, okay? 
There is a member of the church. Her name is Valerie Adams, and she is from New Zealand, and she's 36 years old. She's a mom. She has a two-year-old and a three-year-old. She has been to Beijing, London, and Rio. So this is her fourth Olympics, and she was able to pull a bronze medal in the shot put. And if you see her picture, she is just like so beyond delighted uh-huh. to have scored this bronze medal. Oh, that's so cool. And then we have a hurdler. No, he's not a hurdler. He's in the 800 meter race. And he is from Australia. His name is... Peter Bowl and his final for the 800 meter is on August 4th. Now we have to talk about weightlifting. We got a bronze medal in weightlifting today. Sarah Roblos. She's 32 years old. Uh, She is an American and she weightlifts kind of in a heavyweight category. Uh And she scored herself a bronze medal that she is taking home. So cool. And I believe she lives in Texas, maybe, if I recall correctly. California. California? Yes. California. No, she's a California native. She's been training oh. in the Houston, Texas area. Okay. So it says in high school, she threw the shot pit, shot put, but switched to weightlifting after trying it at her gym as part of her shot put training okay. in college. Because the other weightlifter is from California. Yes. Also. The other weightlifter from California. But she's representing Tonga. She is representing Tonga. And she is the first woman to represent Tonga in weightlifting. She ended up finishing eighth. But okay. the San Francisco, the newspaper in San Francisco wrote a whole article on, uh-huh. because she lives in Northern California, about this LDS woman. Uh-huh. who um, is from Tonga and her parents came over right. to Northern California and was representing the country of Tonga in weightlifting. That's very cool. All right. And then, of course, we would be remiss if we did not talk about gymnastics. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, and none other than our little Michaela Skinner. We've had our eye on her. We have had our eye on her. We've been I waiting and hoping that she'd make it. And yes, my goodness, she got her chance. She has had quite the roller coaster. Yeah. So we talked about her in the May show because LDS Living did an article on her, uh-huh. and you know she's kind of unique because she's 24, which is exceptionally old for a gymnast. She is the oldest gymnast. She's older than Simone Biles by a couple of months, and she's married. And so that made it a little bit, a little bit unique. So she qualified in the Olympic trials, but not on the team, just as an individualist. And so the first day of qualifying, she goes out there, she does some incredible vaulting and she lands fourth in the overall for vaulting. But there were two Americans that placed higher than her. And there was this two, two, only two, only two per country rule. So it kicked her out. And she was really bummed, you know, she, but she, I thought she handled it very graciously and just said, look, you know, my goal was always to make it to the Olympics. I can always say I'm an Olympian. This is good. Right. So, and then she starts making the media rounds. So she is packing up, getting ready to go home on the day of the team finals. And she's in her hotel room, like I said, packing things up. She's going to go get on the airplane and go home. And all of a sudden, she gets a text message. Because at this point in time, Simone Biles had said, hey, I've got the twisties. I'm pulling out. Uh And apparently, one of the first things Simone did is Simone said to the USA Gymnastics, 
stop Michaela from going home. She's about ready to get on a plane. She may get to compete in vault if I can't compete in vault. Uh So Michaela, who's packing up, ready to go home, gets a phone call saying, wait a minute, stop, rewind. You might not be done yet. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness. Simone Biles said that. Anyway. She got turned around. I know. (laughs) So this, of course, comes as a complete surprise to Uh Michaela. She's devastated for Simone. They're really good friends. And so, sure enough, Simone pulls out of the individual competition for the vault, and Michaela gets to gets gets another shot at this. And she goes out there and kills it, and of course, she walks home with a silver medal. Right. And so, her story to me is one of, kind of one of just the most compelling, and she wrote a really great, great tweet afterwards, and she's like, yep, unfinished business, finished. Yeah. And so cool. She didn't, she just had no idea if she'd yeah, get another chance. She had no idea. Talked about how many times she thought about quitting over the past exactly. several years. Exactly. And- well, and then today the church news released a really great story that I just want to share a couple of things um, from. They interviewed Michaela's parents, Kim and Chris Skinner. They interviewed her husband, Jonas Harmer, and then they interviewed Jonas's parents. So Kim and Chris Skinner live in Arizona. So they had a big party in Arizona. Mm -hmm. The Harmers live in Utah and they had a big party in Utah. And so um, Kim and Chris are one of the things that they describe Michaela as is they call her the triple P purposeful, persistent and prayerful. And I absolutely loved that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing as she speaks to youth groups that that's what she's going to make her message as purposeful, persistent, and prayerful. And her parents talk about how uh, that's how she was with her gymnastics career. And there were a couple of things that her dad talked about that I really liked. Her dad said every time she before she'd leave for a meet, he and her husband would give her a blessing. And it was just mm-hmm. a blessing of health that she'd be mm-hmm. healthy and be able to go out there and compete. And that every day when she was competing, her dad would send her some sort of a spiritual thought or spiritual message. Mm-hmm. And when she's on the road competing, like in Tokyo, she called her husband and they prayed together every night. She'd pray with her parents. Um, anyway, just really talking about her commitment to the gospel and being a member of the church. But what I found was really interesting is they interviewed her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law is Elaine Wells Harmer. Now, if the name Wells sounds familiar to me, to you, I should say, Elaine's sister is none other than Charlene Wells. Now, this is like worlds colliding for me <laughs> because I know probably everybody out there, but me is too old to remember or is too young to remember this after the Vanessa Williams, Miss America scandal where Vanessa was, you know, caught with her top off, so to speak mm-hmm. the next year, they picked a Mormon to be Miss America. Cause they were pretty sure the Mormon was going <laughs> to keep her clothes on. And that Mormon was Charlene Wells. Right. And so it talks about how, um, you know, after Charlene was was chosen to be Miss America, I mean, obviously her spotlight rose considerably, and the advice that she's given in Michaela, given Michaela in dealing with being in the public eye and the expectations mm-hmm. that people have of her and the examples, and so I just thought that that was really cool that Charlene is her, I guess, her aunt in law, right? So <laughs> anyway, so it was just a really, cool. really good article on well, her. She's been so fun to watch with my girls. I mean, my girls, of course, always love to watch the gymnastics. Um, and they've 
watched Simone Biles for years, and it was really fun for them this year to know that there was a member of the church. Um, like yeah. when, when we watched the trials, they were like, oh, oh, is that the one that's a member of our church? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just to then watch her go on to the Olympics, like, it was just really neat for my girls to make that connection. Exactly. Like, oh, look at it. Just, they felt connected to her, exactly. even though they don't know her. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, and I think that's part of Michaela's mission is she talks mm-hmm. about that, that, you know, she, she said, if I wasn't in gymnastics, I probably would have gone on a mission, but I mm-hmm. feel like being in gymnastics has been my mission and setting an example for the youth of the church. Yeah. And, you know, for your, what a great world model for your oh, girls yeah. to look up to in dealing with all sorts of disappointment and hurdles. Right. Nothing came easy to her in gymnastics. Yeah. And that's the kind of role model I want my girls looking at. I agree. Okay, so we almost missed this one. Oh, we did. But really quick, I have to hit on this other sports story, not olympics but deseret news came out with this article about this runner she was a runner for byu she's not anymore but she was her name is mckenna myler and she (laughs) this is crazy i guess it's so crazy i guess she went viral on tiktok and reddit a video or something yes which i couldn't see i get so mad when they do this deseret news has done this before they'll say this video went viral and then they won't give you the link did you see the video? I did not see the video. I was going to look it okay. up today, but I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to look it up either. But just describing it, you'll know why. She, I guess, last year... Um, She's pregnant. She was pregnant. She became pregnant early last year. And then on October 10th, she ran a mile in 5 minutes and 25 seconds, 10 days before she gave birth to her daughter. There is so much wrong with that. 10 days. Oh, no. I don't know how that's humanly physically possible this is blowing my mind walking from the couch to the kitchen 10 days before i gave birth was enough of an exercise regime for me yes so then she had her daughter and bounced back and it said she was running like this spring she was running like 400 miles a month which again um, insane because she but good for her right she was like thinking of trying to get on the olympic team anyway she missed out on the olympics um because she didn't place high enough but she's still, what did it say? Oh, she got she's a contract run a, to run professionally. Oh, that's right. She's, she got a contract to run for Adidas professionally. Yes. And I guess there's something viral uh, on TikTok about her, which I'm yes. going to have to go look up after this. I was just amazed at yeah. like Well, and she competed in the Deseret News Half Marathon on July 23rd. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, she destroyed the course record in route to a win. Right. So this girl is serious about running. I guess my understanding from how the article describes the video is the video is kind of a compilation of everything she's gone through in the last right. year. So, I mean, just show me a video of her running that five minute mile, nine months pregnant. That's all I need to see. And I'm, I'm impressed. I can see why it went viral. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's pretty cool. And, a non-Olympian but awesome athlete. Um, yes. Former BYU athlete. Again, part of our feeling the feels yes. tonight. Okay. So then the Deseret News this week had an opinion piece on titled Modesty Wins Gold at the Olympics. I liked this one. This was a good one. They were just hitting on the concept of, well, I'm sure everybody probably saw that the German gymnastics team wore a full body unitard this year to just kind of make a statement about not sexualizing the gymnasts. Exactly. And all of that. And then, of course, we had the handball team, the Norwegian handball team. 
that um, were, were fined for wearing shorts instead of the yeah, little they wore biker shorts booty ins- pants that they usually make them wear bikini bikini yes. bottoms <laughs> and they got fined and of course the world was completely outraged so this article was just saying look we're finally having a moment for modesty here that is not just a religious thing exactly right? this is a mainstream women who want to stand up for their right to just wear what's comfortable and appropriate exactly. for the situation. Exactly. Which I love that. That's how I'm trying to teach modesty to exactly. my girls. Is is it appropriate for the situation you're in? Is it comfortable? And um, so, and the- sometimes that means more clothing rather than less. <laughs> yes. And sometimes it means less. And that's exactly. okay too. So it was just a good article just talking about how it's also empowering to cover up just as much as it is to not cover up. Exactly. Well, and I like the fact that we are shifting the conversation on modesty to not be about how long is your skirt? Right. How short are your sleeves? Right. Those sorts of things that we are focusing the conversation on modesty about, is it appropriate for what you're doing? And do you feel comfortable? Right. And I love how these athletes are bringing up such practical things. Exactly. I mean, Obviously, I do think there is a long-standing sexualization behind oh, it. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I mean, obviously. You look at the men's uniforms and the women's uniforms. Why was this ever a thing? Yeah. And that dates back to, you know, years yeah. and years. I mean, women weren't even playing these sports for a long time. And then when they did, they had to wear these uniforms. But beyond that, they have just pointed out, like, the practicality of it, right? Who wants to get burned from the sand in you know, delicate places. Very true. <laughs> so very just true. Just for practical or reasons. Or to have to worry about the bottoms like creeping up. Right. And, you know, you even look at the, the gymnasts in their, what they wear to practice uh-huh. because NBC, um, their app, the Peacock, had a special on it called Golden. Uh-huh. And it was a six-part special uh, focusing on six different gymnasts, three of which made the Olympic team. And when you see those girls in the gym practicing, they're wearing a sports bra and biker shorts. Oh, you know, they're not right. wearing a leotard to practice in. Right. And that tells me they're comfortable practicing in a sports bra, bra and biker right. shorts. Which makes sense if, if yeah. you'd probably be able to move a lot better. Exactly. Without the long sleeves. and the, yeah. yeah. And you're not wearing... Worrying about, you know, opening up your crotch for the world to see. So riding up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. All right. What is next? We're going to step away from the feels for just a moment because we have, um, these were our only two like hardcore news stories of the week before we had the breaking news. First of all, you may have remembered, um, I believe it was about a couple of months ago, the church said, hey, we're going to do away with the Saturday night session. We don't feel like we need it. Right. Which was like, oh, how are all those ice cream shops going to survive? I know. Um, well, they had a little uh, change of heart and reverse of course. They decided to bring back the Saturday night session, but they're doing it in a different format. It's going to be just like a regular session of conference. It's not going to be the women's session. It's not going to be the priesthood session. It's just going to be like after the, the afternoon session finishes, see you back here in two hours. Yeah. <sighs> I, mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how. I do know how I feel about this. I don't want to sound rude, but I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I was, I know some people were excited when they did away with the Saturday night. I was sad because I like that once a year time with my daughters. Yes. And I love the women 
Yes. The women only session. Yes. Like that really I do too. spoke to me. I loved hearing from all the women that we don't get to hear from in yes. conference. So that made it special. If you're going to bring it back and it's just going to be open to everyone, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm interested anymore. <laughs> that's kind of how, I mean, honestly, that's how I feel too. And, you know, my husband would enjoy with the boys uh, right. doing the priesthood session yeah. and doing those boy things, just like, you know, what we would enjoy with our girls. Yeah. And when they had the priesthood session this last April, I came over to your house and we had a fun right. girls evening together. Yeah. Well, and here's my fear. It said it's open to all members. The first thing that ran through my head when I read that line was, do I have to make my children watch it? Oh, God. <laughs> Is this one more meeting I got to, I have to have my kids sit through? <laughs> Especially your teenager. She might I revolt. Know, I know. But what I am most curious about, which we won't know until October, is how they are going to balance the female speakers. Yes. The sister speakers. I'm very, very curious. Will they lump them all in that Saturday night? Will they distribute them evenly throughout all the sessions? And we'll or, have or more? Or will they throw us a crumb here or there? I'm hopeful that we just get an even, if we're not going to put them all in a women's only conference, let's evenly distribute them. Let's have at least a couple every session. I agree. So we'll see I, what happens. I agree. So, okay. And the other story was that this week, so you may have recalled back in April, rather than, um, calling and sustaining a whole bunch of Area 70 during the regular April conference. They did it at a leadership meeting. Well, in a similar manner, they just announced this week and released, hey, here's who our new Area Authority 70s are going to be, and here's who we're releasing. So oh. I guess maybe they're just tired of having to read the names. Right. So they're like, yeah, that makes sense. here's the press release. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Which, I mean, it does make sense because there's a lot of them these we're days. We're getting so big. Yeah. We're getting big. Yeah. Okay, this is my most exciting story. Okay, oh, the gosh. Tabernacle Choir. Tabcats. Tabcats has announced that they will do a concert um, commemorating the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So, um, gosh, I can't. First of all, I can't believe it's been 20 years. I know. When I read that, I was like, what? And I had to do the math. And yeah, it has been. Um, but I'm just really excited because this will be their first in-person concert since COVID, right? Well, I don't know if it's an in-person concert as much as it is. Oh, a, it's a recording. It's a compilation oh, from what I read. Really? Is they're going to take hymns that they've done at other times. Oh. And they're going to compile them together. Well, now I'm sad. Jane Clayson <laughs> is going to be like the... The, the narrator. The narrator. Okay. And um, so I think it's more of a compilation than it is a, a live thing. Oh, darn. But they're okay. putting together a special program. No wonder you're looking at me like, why are you so excited I about know. this? I know. It's like... Okay, I clearly misread this article. That's okay. I assumed they would be back in the tabernacle actually singing together, but maybe not so much. Well, and what they're going... <sighs> but the cool thing I think that they're going to do is they are going to begin the concert... So September 11th is a Saturday this year. Mm -hmm. They're going to begin the concert at 8.46 a.m. marking, and they didn't say whether that was, I don't know if they said whether that was mountain time or eastern time. Uh, mountain time. Mountain time. So mm -hmm. 8.46 a.m. mountain time, which um, was the eastern time when the first plane struck the right. first tower. Right. And they are going to, if I recall correctly, it will be available on Facebook as a live thing. Mm -hmm. They will have it on BYU TV. 
Um, they have it on the choir's website. They've got several different formats okay. that it's going to be available in. And then they will also use it for music in the spoken word. Yes. The next day. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, they, so, they like to get their money's worth yes. out, of, out okay. of anything they all do. All right. Okay. I'm calming myself down now. I feel like a jerk for getting you all excited about a live concert. Okay. Not but, yet. Okay. Maybe for Christmas? Well, here's what that will might be interesting. on the Delta variant. <laughs> So we know that I, I believe where our understanding is October conference will be in the conference center without people, right. if I recall correctly. Yes. So the question is, and they haven't said this yet, will the tab cats be there performing or will, which would then be right. their first live performance in 18 months or will it be previously recorded tap cat music? Oh, we'll have to see. So they better do a survey. They better do a vaccine survey of all those members. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe rather than BYU sending out the vaccine <laughs> in question, tap cats needs to send out the vaccine question. Have you been vaccinated? Yeah, let's, can let's, we have a live performance? Let's do that because I think if you are, we can go. Let's go. <laughs> I I think so. All right. Okay. okay. Sorry to burst your bubble on that. Right. Okay, but it's still going to be a cool concert. I'm still going to watch it. It will be good. Okay, so this next feel-good story is about a family in Texas, and they're in San Antonio. They have, they're called uh, the Failer family or the Failer quintuplets. So these particular, um, this particular family, the parents, Nicole and Nathan, had wanted to become parents for several years, enduring the disappointments of, and miscarriages. Then their prayers were finally answered when Nicole Failer gave birth to quintuplets on September 1st, 2002. Quintuplets is five babies, folks. That's a lot of babies. So there was Joshua, Jonathan, Joseph, Natalie, and Catherine. And so it's interesting. The mom says, you know, they all just kind of dumped into our lives so quickly. And I knew there would come a day where they would leave our lives so quickly. Mm -hmm. So all five of these children decided to serve a mission. So they put their mission papers in on the same day. They all put their availability date as the same day, and they all received their calls on the same day. That's kind of amazing. It is amazing. And what they did is each kid opened their own call without anybody around and processed. And then, due to schedules, they got together at midnight to exchange information, so to speak. So they have, this is where their calls are going. They have Joshua, who's going to the California Riverside Mission. Jonathan will be a service missionary in the Failers local community. Joseph is going to the Arizona uh, Tempe Mission. The two girls, Natalie is going to the Lay Hawaii Temple Visitors Center. And Catherine will serve in the St. George Temple Visitors Center. So they are going all over. The one who is staying local as a service missionary says that he thinks he'll probably have the biggest adjustment because he's uh-huh. used to, he'll be at right. home and his siblings won't be there. And this will be the first time that they have um, ever been apart from each other for an extended period of time. So I can't even imagine the bill for getting five oh missionaries ready to serve a mission. I know, I was doing the math. What is it now, like 400 a month? Well, it's, I think it's 500 a month, but you literally spend a couple thousand. Oh, right, just on just the suits. And suits and suitcases and all that stuff. Dentistry and doctor appointments. Yeah, getting the wisdom <laughs> teeth out. So, yeah. But good for the failures. I think that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Okay. 
Next article we have is from LDS Living, and it was an article about Lisa Valentine Clark. Yes, who Jeff Friend had on, of Twim. Jeff had her on the show a couple weeks ago. Yes, of course. It, you guys know, probably know her. She's been in the, she's an actor. She's been in the chat books commercials. She's been in Once I Was a Beehive. She has a daily show on BYU Radio. Oh, I did not call the Lisa Valentine or Lisa Valentine Clark show. Oh. Her co-host is Richie Stedman, the one that co-hosted uh-huh. with Jeff last week. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I need to listen to that. I really love her. I, I do just, like. Her I've a lot. never seen anything or read any interview where I wasn't just so impressed by her. So LDS Living did a profile on her, and we've talked about her on the show before. Um, she lost her husband to ALS in 2020. Yes. And he'd been sick for, I think, about four years before she lost him. And so this, they were just kind of interviewing her for the new movie, Once I Was Engaged, um, that they talked to Jeff about a couple weeks ago. And they just did this whole profile on her and what she went through with her husband and helping him through his sickness and like how she is doing now. five kids. Yeah, five kids. I I think a couple of those kids were adults, but they were pretty Uh much all... Right. Nobody's married. Nobody's on their own. They still needed mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. So it was just quite quite the ordeal. And I think we we did an article... There was another article similar to this that somebody wrote maybe a year ago. I think it was last summer. It was right after it happened. And I feel like it was maybe BYU Magazine. It might have been. This Um, article goes into a lot more in-depth. Really good. She just talked about taking care of him. And she just said, you know, there's nothing I could say that would put a nice bow on it um, about losing a spouse. Just, you know, her whole world was torn up. And she talks about what a good sense of humor he had all the way to the end. Yeah. just and he was an actor too and yeah. they both were really kind of had this comedic they had a good chemistry together yeah yeah and just listening this article just about put me in tears i know it just it really gives you a glimpse into their relationship and the sweetness of it and just how special it was yeah. and, and is and so then she talked about you know having to go film this movie. It was only six months after he died. Yeah. And the new movie, Once I Was Engaged. And so she was like, I don't know if I could do it. It says in the article, she talked to Haley, um, who Jeff also interviewed. And she said, I don't know if I can do it. I don't think I'm funny anymore. And Haley told her, that's not true. You know, you could do this. And she said, what if I cry on the set? And all of, you know, the producers and everyone said, then we'll cry with you and we'll move on. And so she just talked about how healing it was, that that was her first project after his death, because she was surrounded by people that loved her and know her. And it was a safe place. Yeah. And she said a couple of her kids, even like one of her kids was a production assistant. Yeah. And and then one of her kids plays her kid in the movie. One of her kids is actually in it. And so that was like a really sweet, special thing for all of them. And her kids just felt like that's, you know, their dad would have yeah, loved that. And exactly. Anyway, it was just the sweetest article. Um, I just loved it. And she just talked about how uh, she does think the Lord gives us more than we can handle. You know, yes. some people say he'll never give you more than you can handle. And she said, I do think he gives us more than we can handle. But with him, we can do things we could yeah. we didn't think we could do. And I loved uh, that yeah. because I think anybody who has faced any sort of a challenge or trial, you look at that and you're like, I can't do this. Right. And yeah, you can't. And that's why you have to turn to the Lord and request the Lord's help. Right. And then you can. Right. And then she talked about others' help too. Yeah. Right. Like other, 
you turn to the Lord for his help and you turn to others and exactly. you ask for help. And, exactly. And I loved it. It was a really sweet article. Exactly. So. Okay. Well, I will, I will finish up with this one really quick and then we will get to um, Mormons behaving badly and our favorite things. Uh-huh. I'm just going to, I'm just going to touch on this story really, really quickly. It was another feel good story. It says from heroin addict to scholar, Latter-day Saint Ginny Burton shares how faith was vital in her recovery and success. So this particular woman, uh, she grows up in a completely dysfunctional family. She's kind of in and out of, uh, of foster care. When she's seven years old, her mother introduces her to marijuana. Not long after that, she starts using meth. And so as you can imagine, she is in and out of jail for a number of years on all these drug-related offenses. And some pretty horrific things happen to her. So um, during one of her stints in jail, she decides to um, read the Bible. So she reads the Bible and um, she dove in and and really started to investigate a number of faiths. Um, She had some spiritual experiences while she was in prison. Um, And then she gets out of prison and her son is investigating the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he asks her to go to sacrament meeting with him. And she's like, I don't think so. But then she decides, okay, I need to do something because... I'm still struggling with this drug battle and this is bigger than me. It goes on, you know, that this touches on what Lisa Clark said it was bigger than me and I needed some help. So she shows up at sacrament meeting and she says, I said a little prayer in sacrament meeting and said, okay, God, if this is where you want me to be, you better make somebody talk to me because if nobody talks to me, I'm not coming back. Guess what happened? Someone talked to her. Somebody talked to her. (laughs) And that person became a a very good friend, and she ended up joining the church. And so she was able to get herself clean and sober. And then she um, applies to college, and she starts going to college. She gets a huge scholarship to the University of Washington. And she graduated, and she applied for a Truman Scholarship, and she got that. And so she's going to start her graduate work. And it's just a real testimony to how she realized I can't battle these demons on my own. I need a higher power and a higher source. And she was able to find the gospel. And she says, I still have really hard days, but I rely on my faith and I know I can get through it. And so I really like that story too. I know that was a good, happy one. So, all right. Well, I think that concludes it for news. So we are going to go to Mormons behaving badly. She's been, I've been Waiting. jonesing. I have been Waiting jonesing for this one. For this one. She has feelings. I have feelings. <laughs> I do have feelings. I have very strong feelings. <laughs> Told you we were going to feel all the feels tonight. <sighs> Jeff talked about this a little bit last week, but I feel the need to pontificate on it even more. Well, and there's a little bit more news this week. Right. So you may recall last week, Jeff talked about a deputy attorney general up in Alaska who had been using the Twitter handle at J. Reuben Clark to tweet all sorts of nefarious, awful things. This kills me. I just want to know how he got this handle. 
Who let him get his hands on this handle? Okay, well, clearly someone well. was asleep at the law school because they didn't steal, they did not steal the handle. They didn't reserve the handle before he reserved the handle. I mean, the tweets are a problem regardless of the name. Exactly. I'm like, really? Is this the name he's got to be Exactly. I, I can't imagine that the law school was none too thrilled, but if he has the Twitter handle, there's not a lot you can do short of going and paying him off for the Twitter handle, but then you have to know who he is. They didn't know who he is until the Guardian uncovered all of that. Anyway, his name is Matthias, and again, Jeff did a better job pronouncing this. I can't. Uh, uh, Siote. I, I know I've totally slaughtered his last name. Anyway, so um, it was revealed. This is who was tweeting at J. Reuben Clark with the awful tweets, and that he was a deputy attorney general in Alaska. So he was originally suspended. This week it has come out that he is no longer employed by the agency, the Anchorage Daily News reported. Now, I think that was a good choice. I think that was a good choice, Alaska. Good job. (laughs) Now, here's what is really interesting. The elected attorney general in Alaska, Uh his name is Treg Taylor. He is also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is also a J. Reuben Clark graduate. He put out a very stern statement last week saying, this does, his, his tweets do not represent my personal views or my deeply held faith and don't represent my office. Well, word on the street is that Brother Taylor uh-huh. and Brother Ciote, however his name are pronounced, are both in the Anchorage Second Ward. What? Awkward. Okay, this, I just have so many questions about this whole story. How do you have your attorney general and your deputy, one of your deputy attorney generals uh-huh. are both LDS? How many LDS people are there in Alaska? Well, seriously, I would expect that in Utah <laughs> or Idaho. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, 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 and were they in law school together? I don't think they were in law school together. I think it would have What's said. What's the age difference? Here? I don't, yeah, that I don't know. I am personally offended by his behavior, the, the former attorney general, because that is currently my job. That is who I am working for right now is I am working for the state of Idaho in the attorney general's office. Never in my wildest dreams would I, well, first of all, even if I wasn't working for the attorney general's office, I wouldn't tweet the awful things that he tweeted. But I think as a public servant in the attorney general's office, I feel like I am held to a higher standard. I won't even comment on things politically on social media because to a certain degree, I have to remain politically neutral because I am asking my job to give legal opinions, potentially potential legal opinions to members of the legislature. And I need to be able to, you know, have some degree of neutrality. And I am very careful in anything I post on social media. So So you don't have any secret accounts. I don't have any secret accounts. (laughs) It's it's all out there. The good, the bad, the ugly. Brother Taylor, Bishop Taylor. Is this Taylor? We don't know if he's a bishop. We don't know if he's a bishop. We just know he's in in the the same ward. Oh, for some reason, my mind, my imagination was just running wild. He's yeah. his bishop and he's his boss. Well, <laughs> and it would be really curious to know what their various callings were. So anybody out there who happens oh, to know what yes. their various callings were, yes. is one subordinate to the other or are they on completely different tracks? 
Because again, that could make ward council meeting really awkward. Yeah, I fired you this week. Also, Sorry. Please tell me the guy that just got fired does not have a calling with the youth or the primary. Oh, seriously. <laughs> that would make me sick to my seriously. stomach. Seriously. Well, and he did tweet this week at his J. Reuben Clark handle and said, We'll have more thoughts on this in a few days, but I want to thank everyone who's been praying for me and my family. It means a lot to us. He hasn't even retired the handle yet? No, he hasn't even retired the handle yet. Oh, he has not learned his lesson. Yeah. Well, and apparently he tweeted in 2019 that, I promise you all one thing. If the woke mob ever comes after me, they're going to have to get me fired. I'm not resigning. Oh, well, his wish Self- came true. Self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> anyway, so oh he is my, my nominee goodness. for Mormons Behaving Badly what because... would it be like to be in that ward? Oh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I feel like they're going to have to do a boundary. Like, the stake better just, like, put in a request now for some type of boundary shift. Well, <laughs> Now's a good time to shake that up. There's probably a good chance there are people in the ward that support both of them. You know? Probably the ward, I again, I don't know, I'm simply pontificating, that there may be political divisions in the ward, oh. similar to the political divisions we see in our country. Ooh, one would ooh. hope not. One would hope that everybody in that ward would be appalled at yes. the J. Reuben Clark tweets, because they were appalling. And what is their fast and testimony meeting like? Oh, jeez. <laughs> that may be worth a trip to Alaska alone. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to my our favorite things. All right. My favorite thing this month is the Sharon Says So podcast. I know oh. I have professed my love before for, for Sharon for her, Says So. For her Instagram. Instagram account. She is America's favorite government teacher. Now she has a brand new podcast. Okay, I have not listened to the podcast. Do tell. It just came out this month in July. And so she drops them every Monday. And she drops like three episodes at a time. It's really good. I wasn't sure what she would do with it. If she would talk about politics or... It's more history. Like oh. she chooses, she has a guest come on with her. Okay. And she kind of tells a story, like a history story. And it's pretty short. They're like, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and then, so she usually each week has, from what I could tell, two kind of historical stories that okay. she tells with her so guests. So you get a little history lesson. Yeah, like obscure history stories that you really Oh, I'm going really to have to go download this and listen. And she's such a good, I mean, storyteller. Well, plus does, she has that Minnesota accent that comes yes. out every, every once in a while. Which is growing on me. I, I used to have a like severe dislike of Minnesota accent. <laughs> really? See, I I've always read her Minnesota accent a little bit of gay I did. And then I started watching Fargo and I warmed up to it. Okay. <laughs> so, but I really, really like it. And then she also has one every week where she has on a guest who's maybe more of like a someone in the motivational field okay. or like self-help field um, that she talks to. And those are good too, but I really like the ones where she does the hi- short history lesson. So like today, the one I listened to today, she shared the story of like one of the first African-American settlers in the state of Colorado who kind of fleed there uh-huh. to get away from slavery, a woman, single woman, and just all the amazing things wow. she did to pioneer in the state of Colorado and all the people she helped. And it was so cool. It was just a little story that I never would have heard of. Okay. If I well, hadn't been I'm going to have to check so. her out because I'm kind of between podcasts right now. I've got mm-hmm. some stuff I could start and some stuff I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I love her. She's okay. good. I mean, I could listen to her do any 
I could listen to her read the phone book. I am here for Sharon Says So. Okay. I'll listen to anything she does. All right. I am going to use, do my favorite thing this week. I got myself a new Fitbit. So I had a Fitbit several years ago, which I really, really liked. And then I inherited one of my daughter, my my missionary daughter, I inherited her old Apple Watch. So then I used the Apple Watch. And I honestly, I didn't like the Apple Watch as well as I liked the Fitbit oh. because I had to charge the Apple Watch every day. And I only had to charge the Fitbit once a week. Yeah, that's a bonus. And so um, then I decided I want to go back to the Fitbit. So I did a whole bunch of research on the Fitbit. And then I got on my favorite place, which is Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful place to go and find used stuff dirt cheap i bought this fitbit inspire at half the price and i'm wearing it and so i'm back to the fitbit which i like and i'm hoping that it will remind me to get my daily steps in because um coming up next year in my stake is trek oh my goodness you're thinking about trek again already well you know i've kind of got a kind of got a twofold thing here either either i get ready for it and then maybe we go maybe we don't or i do nothing and then we go and then i'm like crap i'm out of shape well way to go to think ahead (laughs) well and even if even if we don't go to track i need to be moving more and be healthier that that needs to be something i need to work on all right the Fitbit. The Fitbit. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up tonight. It was so fun to be back with you. I feel like it's been a long time since you I and know. I did this together. This so fun. Anyway, Twim Nation, thank you for listening. As always, if you have any questions, you can reach out to Jeff at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. You can find us on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on Facebook. And if you are so inclined, become a Patreon supporter. Two bucks a month to keep the lights on and uh, we appreciate your support. All right, thanks for listening. When you want to get out, when you want to feel free, camp out in the mountains with the forest and the trees. When you want the desert, want to feel that track breeze, get yourself, get yourself, get yourself.